ask this question. Are you a doer? Or are you a pretender? Are you a doer? Or are you a pretender? We got a lot of pretenders in the church today. And I'm not talking about just, I'm talking about church, the church, big C. I'm not talking about just here at New Life. There's a lot of pretenders out there. They, 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 they know what to say. They know how to look. They, they could quote you John 3.16 with the best of them. But boy, oh boy, they are not doers. They pretend to be. And then when, you, when the Holy Spirit starts moving upon them to, to be a doer, they get all upset. It's like, why are you doing this to me? No, we need to learn to be doers, doers of this word. What is the word? What does James 1.22 say? But be doers of the word and not hears only deceiving yourselves. We got to take off our masks that we wear. And there's a lot of times we need to put that mask on because we're just feeling rotten, aren't we? There's days we just go feel rotten and I don't want to get up to go to church. I don't want to go over there and help help at the clothing at the twice blessing closet today. I'm just worn out. I don't I'm worn out. I don't want to get my praise on. We heard that this morning. But I'll tell you what, we got to the second song and they forgot all about it. I hope they didn't put their mask on. But sometimes we just put that mask on, right? It's got, it's got all big smiles on it. And we just look like we're praising the Lord. And inside we're all miserable because we forget to take it to the cross. We forget that Jesus said it's finished. We forget that Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye who are weary, and I will give you rest. And we forget that. So we try to carry the load ourselves. We try to do it. And so we put on a mask and we go, Hallelujah, look at me. I'm a warrior for Jesus. And on the inside, we're not. We got to stop being pretenders and get real with the Lord. Amen? Come on. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But do we really carry out the Word of God in our lives? It's easy to do it when we're in church together, isn't it? Come to Sunday school. And um, the next couple of weeks, we're, we're learning about the uh, commercial time. Next couple of weeks, we're learning about the Wormwood Prophecy. That's why the TV's out over there. And so when I'm going to be gone, and um, Joanne is here. Joanne's going to be our guest speaker in a couple of weeks. And when she's here, she doesn't have to worry about Sunday school. we got the Sunday school teacher there already here. And... Um, I'll have, I'll have Judy take up the prayer request at the beginning of the Sunday school and she'll get you all praying and fellowshipping and then when the time is right because she knows it's only a half an hour of teaching, she'll get it going because she's our elder. You know, we got to have our elder to, to somebody's got to be in charge when I'm gone, you know, and she's it. I mean, an elder is a, an elder is a pastor who doesn't have to get up and preach every week. An elder is somebody that, that, that does a lot of praying for you. Well, let me tell you, she does a lot of praying for you. You just don't know it some days. Uh, and, and she does. She does a lot of praying for you. An, an elder is praying for the church. An elder is concerned about um, what is happening in the spiritual lives of the, church, uh, of the people in the church. But you know what? Even those days when we have to put the mask on, we can still be carrying out the Word of God in our lives. Because the Bible says... Be in see, preach the word, tell about Jesus, give his testimony in season and out of season. Because some days we're just out of season. We're just out of sorts. Come on. And that's what he's talking about. It doesn't matter if you're in season or out of season, you live this word of God. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word this morning. And I thank you, Lord that you're speaking to hearts even now, right now, Lord. Lord, help us to slow down a little bit. Help us to hear from you today. And Lord, help us to be doers of your word. Help us, Lord Jesus, to lift you up. Because you said if we lift you up, you would draw all men unto you. Lord, help us not to be pretenders. But Lord, help us to be truly doers of your word. We praise you and we thank you for this in Jesus' precious name. 
And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing in this place. Thank you, Lord. We need to pray and be established in God's Word and work. This is actually a follow-up of two weeks ago. Because of the coronavirus, I set this sermon aside and, and I preached what I preached last week to encourage you not to be fearful, not to be fretting, fretting about the coronavirus, knowing that God... And, and you know what this coronavirus does? It gives us an opportunity to be doers of the Word. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, we got Easter just a few weeks away. Right? That, that's, that alone, Good Friday and Easter, that alone gives you the right to be able to tell somebody about Jesus. Why? Because there's people curious. What is Easter? You know, so many kids think it's just the Easter bunny hopping down the bunny trail, you know, dropping off eggs. That's not what bunny rabbits drop off. Have you ever, oh my word, we have had a bunny rabbit do a number in our yard this winter. It took us 10 years to fix the lilac bush in our backyard. Get it all shaped. It finally was nice and round, had a beautiful shape to it. My, my wife loves her lilac bushes. Her mom, she gets that from her mom. And this bunny rabbit decided it was hungry. It started gnawing off the limbs. Now, you know how you're supposed to trim a bush back to, the, the, to, to where the leaves come, you know, two leaves come and you trim it right there and so it keeps growing so you don't kill it on the inside? Oh no, this thing went ahead and nibbled everything off, was nibbling up the whole branch, taking the bark right off. You should see that bush in the back. It is the ugliest looking thing. I, I got to read up now because I think I'm going to have to take it down this far off the ground to have it regrow this and it's going to take how many years now to get it back to the size it was? All that. And our dog, Sparky, every day he's been hunting that rabbit. He's been, he, he knows exactly. But you know what I found? I was cleaning up the yard the other day. I had to go ahead and trim the, the before it got too warm again. Our apple tree has to be trimmed when it's really cold out. So I got that all cut, trimmed up, gave it a nice haircut. And then the other day I had to do it to the cherry tree because one of the limbs had died so I got that all cleaned up and I'm taking all the limbs over and all of a sudden I've noticed oh the bunny rabbit has decided to use this as his toilet over here you know what tricks you, you I don't know why they always have the rabbit with the tricks box no rabbits leave behind what looks like cocoa puffs you know and and uh anyway but our sparky's been trying to catch that rascally rabbit and I saw him the other day and he's a big rabbit he should be a big rabbit after eating up mine and he was starting to strip the bark off our bush in the front yard too and uh, I thought why if you're going to strip bark why can't you do it to all these trees I want to get rid of but we need to be pr prayerful and we need to be established in God's word and in his work Let's look at 2 Thessalonians 2, um, 15 through 3, 1. This is the only place where it's going to be crowded up there. Therefore, it's easier, you know, I made it really bold this time because last week you were having a hard time with it. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions where you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. See, that goes back to two weeks ago. Now may our, now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself... And our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. And I like 3.1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. Can you do me a big favor? Can you do your pastor a big favor? I need you to do me a big, big favor. And I'm not asking for a raise. I'm asking you to do me a big favor. You know what that favor is? Pray for me. And pray for the leadership of this church. We need your prayers. Oh, glory to God. Hatimi needs your prayers. 
She's trying to figure out some things. Uh, Eve was sick the other night. She's been sick all week. And then she had to wait till nighttime to really get sick. Instead of doing it during the day when she could just go to the cheap clinic. No, she has to. Anyway, kids, they always give you a challenge, don't they? And, and so be in prayer for her. and Be prayer, prayerful for, for uh, Judy and Lorraine and our whole ministry team, our Corey, that God would give us wisdom. But more than that, that what it says in verse 1 of chapter 3, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified. That is, that it will be bringing forth its, in other words, that it will be bringing forth its full power, which speaks of a positive effect in people's lives, in your lives, and in the lives of others, so that we will see. That I want to so running so swiftly that this church fills up with men and women and their children. I want to, I want to see that happen, that we're going to have to have all the hundred chairs out um, of the blue chairs being used instead of being around the tables. That we'll, we'll have to have so many that we'll have to put the folding chairs over there and so that we fill up the whole house with chairs. Wouldn't that be awesome to see that many people in our church and, and that we, we will have to run two services on Sunday morning? Oh, glory to God. We'll start the early service, I guess, at 9, Sunday school at 10, the later service at 11. Boy, that sounds just like being a Lutheran, doesn't it? But praise God, we got to figure it out somehow because I don't think I can get you here at 8.15. Uh, when I was growing up, our church, our early service was at 8.15. And Dad always wanted to go to the early service instead of the later service. Because the later service was always more packed. Grandma would come with us. And after the 8.15 service, we all go off to Sunday school and Grandma would stay in the church service for the Lutheran hour. I mean the German service. And then she would go to church twice. One in English and one in all in German because she enjoyed singing those songs. And I was telling that to pa Pastor yesterday that uh, um, Pastor Xavier and I, and I was sharing with him. I said to him, I said, that's okay. And I told him about Grandma. I said, so you have one service in French and Creole and the other one's in English. You need that because your, your, your kids are, have grown up, in, your grandkids have grown up in America and they're used to speaking English and, and, and their dads have married American girls. And uh, you, boy, those Haitians, they're just so beautiful. I mean, I don't care if they're a guy. Uh, yes, the guys are even beautiful. It's just amazing. They just look, you know, they're just something about them. And they have such love in that church. It's no wonder why God is doing things. And I pray that the, and it encouraged me so much that I, I thought to myself as I'm driving home, we could see the gospel running that swiftly. We can see the word of the Lord running that swiftly and being glorified and whopping in Breckenridge. We could see that happening if we just pray for it. He says pray for it. If he says we can pray for it, God will do it. Can you say Amen. Just as it is with you, Paul says, the gospel had changed your life. Pray that will have the same effect on others that you care about. Jody's been trying to witness the people in her building, and she's getting tired of them not listening. Oh, they stand there and they nod their head. Yep, yep, you're right. Uh-huh. No, she needs, she needs the gospel to run swiftly from their ears down to here. And that the Holy Spirit would give them understanding and they would ask Jesus into their hearts so that they will come to church with her because they're hungry for God's Word. Come on. Let's start praying that way. Hallelujah. The older... Sorry, Jody, I don't mean to say it this way, but the older she's getting, the more she, like her mama she's getting. <laughs> Amen. Right where there's nothing wrong with wanting to be like Marilyn. The, 
the nasty people got put in her life for her to tell about Jesus. Oh my word, she could tell you stories that would curl your hair. The people that God had put in her life to tell them about Jesus, and she does it so loving way that they would call her mom or grandma, and they would just love, and Marilyn's going, Lord, can you deliver me from that person? But the Lord said, I have a work for you to do, and she just do it. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. You know, that's the thing about our church. We'll accept anybody. We'll love anybody. We, we just, we're the church of the whosoever will. Because our God is the God of the whosoever will. Whosoever will. God so loved the world that he, what? Gave his only begotten son that what? Whosoever will, will what? Believe in him shall not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. So if it's good enough for God, it should be good enough for us. Amen. And that's the truth. And you hear that, people at home listening on the podcast? If you're, if you're, if you're close enough, come over here and be with us live. If you're not, let us know who you are. The, uh, just we I know you there's a we have a lot of subscribers and we're going to do a better job letting headquarters know how many subscribers we have each month we need to have that before the fifth of the month so the first of the month we need to have those details because we have more people listening to our podcast who are subscribers to our podcast than, att than attend in person. And I want to find out where you folks are because I would love to come to you. And, and if there's enough of you in a town someplace, I'll come to you. I'll, if we have to, we'll bring the worship team and we'll knock your socks off and we'll just praise the Lord and, and we'll get to know you and you can, can see us in person instead of just listening to us. And exciting thing, and I'm putting my Myself out on a limb now we're going to be starting a vlog soon it's not going to be as long as our podcast but we're going to start a vlog soon and we're going to start commercials on facebook where i look into the camera and say hey get over here to new life because we're your don't stop going to a to the cemetery get over here where the lord where the lord is alive and god wants to move in your lives come on hallelujah there's a lot of people going to a cemetery this morning. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I'm not naming names. Because I'm not, I'm not about that. I got friends in all the I got friends in all the churches that are pastoring here, and I just found out another one's leaving town and changing churches. And uh, it's just it's just amazing. I've been here longer than almost all the pastors in town here. The only one who's been here longer than me is Father Dale now. And he's not going anywhere just yet. Praise the Lord. We have to be doers. We have to be doers. God wants to implant His Word in your heart. I just skipped two. Yep, I skipped ahead. That's just the title for that. That's just the head, heading for the, that other part. God wants to implant His Word in your heart. Uh, what does the Word of God say? Therefore, James 1.21 says, we're going to spend the rest of the time, almost the rest of the time in James. James 1.21 says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted. The implanted. Word which is able to save your souls. James says here, lay aside all moral impurity, which leads to wickedness. I could go on and on, but I don't have time on that part. <laughs> Praise God. What happens is, moral impurity will take over your life. And then that will lead you to wickedness. We read um, two weeks ago that God has given some who've turned themselves over to moral impurity of not holding to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. 
Meaning, we follow this. We actually do what the Word says. We don't tell God what, this, what we think it says. No, we let God tell us what He thinks it says. Get it? And so, who have taken false and, and are teaching now false doctrine, allowing moral impurity to come into people's minds and hearts. And what happens is, when you do that, it ultimately leads to wickedness. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an illustration that Bodhi's been learning about. I'll give you an illustration that Bodhi's been learning about all year long in the Old Testament. Good king. Good king comes along for Judah, and he lives according to this, and he keeps the law. And what do the people do? They all keep the law. And Bodhi goes, yay! He actually does this. Yay, they're actually doing good. And then the king, the good king's son comes to the throne and he turns into an evil king. What does he do? He doesn't follow this. He lets moral impurity come into his life because he wants to do what he wants to do. And the next thing you know, he's leading, he's getting wickedness in his life. What happens? The whole country goes wicked. So much so, Bodhi cannot understand how they could take, and he's only in first grade, mind you. He can't understand how they could take their little babies and burn them alive on an altar to a false god that's not even real. And he's always going, boo, what is wrong? And one, the other day he says, what is wrong with them? If he can figure it out at six years old, we should be able to figure it out. But every time they had a bad... And why did, why, did they get, why did they get sent to Babylon? It's because the evil king took his firstborn son and burnt him on the altar on the palace roof to Baal. Alive. you got to understand, the, the, the Baal gods... Baal's son, Moloch, would be holding his arms out like this and they would get that, that, that fire so hot underneath that his, the arms were red hot and they would lay the baby on that. And, and the reason why they... And they would beat drums so loud that, and play music so loud that the parents couldn't hear the screams of their own infant. And they thought that was going to bring them blessings into their lives. Manasseh who got the whole kingdom in trouble. The Manasseh who was told, your, your, your son will never sit on the throne of David. Manasseh, that's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin because Joseph was a direct descendant of Manasseh. He couldn't. And, 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 and later on when he was taken captive away, he repented of his sin and repented and turned back to God and let God come into his life. And he ended, a, he ended as a, a godly man. But if he could have started out that way, he would have been a bit. And his father was one of the greatest kings Judah had, Josiah. So don't blame the fathers for the kids. My word. And if your mom or dad was a scoundrel, so what? You don't have to be like them. Because God says, I don't judge you by the sins of your fathers. Come on. Well, pastor, it says that the sins of the fathers will be visited unto the third and fourth generation. Yeah, it says that in the law of Moses. But Ezekiel put a little bit more flesh to it. He says, but you can stop it in any of those generations. So if you're, you're the second generation afterwards, you can stop it so it doesn't affect your kids. Isn't that good news? And now, and, and then... That's Old Testament. But now we have Jesus. We have the grace of God in our lives. We have the Holy Spirit. And once, and Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. So it doesn't even have to go any further because the, it doesn't matter what your parents did. This is why I've never taught on, on, on the, the so-called generational curses. Because Jesus says, it is finished. <clears throat> so when I... God saved. It doesn't matter what my mom and dad or grandpa or grandma did. Praise God. He said it's finished for my life and if I would just take it to the cross, it is done. 
stop letting the stop beating yourself up because of something your parents might have done. Come on. Well, that's because grandpa was a the way he was, and I guess I'm more like grandpa. You don't praise God, hallelujah. Take the good and forget about the bad. Come on, because I don't want to speak bad of your grandpa. Right? Take the good stuff that grandpa had and forget about the bad stuff, because you know what? If grandpa is saved, guess what? God don't remember all the bad stuff anyway, because Jesus again said, it is finished. The end of the conflict. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Receive from the Lord the story of the Bible, i.e. the Word of God. What is the story of the Bible? It is the story of the cross. It is the story of Jesus. Going all the way from Genesis all the way to, to the Gospels, it's all the story of Jesus. And looking from Revelation and looking back, it's all the story of Jesus. Come on. Everything hinges. Everything. The fulcrum. The fulcrum of the Word of God is John 3.16. Come on. The whole fulcrum of the story of your life in Jesus Christ is John 3.16. 3.16 It is the keystone. It is the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone of what, what our lives is built upon. That's what the Word of God says. It is the story of the cross. It is the crossroad that you had to come to in order to be saved. It is the only thing that will save your souls. Because Jesus Christ died for you. Now, we we got to talk about something here. Listen to this. It's bad enough to be deceived. It's much worse to deceive yourself. <laughs> Look what James 1, 22 and 24 says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving, what? Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Come on. So let me say that again. He is bad enough to be deceived by others, but worse yet, to purposely, to purposely to deceive ourselves. Wow. And we do that sometimes, don't we? We do that sometimes. And we do it mo most of the time. It's really subtle when we just ignore the problem instead of taking it to the Lord in prayer. When we go, when we go ahead and go, oh, woe is me. Did you ever, have you ever done that? You're just so miserable. And you make all your friends around you miserable because you're miserable? Have you ever done that? Come on. <laughs> Come on. No, never. Never. You know, that's just deceiving yourself because you're not going to your source. My word. Jesus again says, bring your burdens unto me. Give me your heavy burdens. Come on. I'll trade with you. I'll give you my light ones. I'll give you mine. And I'll take yours. Oh, Jesus got to have a heavy... No, he doesn't. All he has to do is get people saved. <laughs> he wants to carry your heavy burdens. Because <laughs> he says his burdens are light compared to ours. Hey, he understands. He lived as a human being too. Come on. For 30 years, he, he had to help take care of the home, the home. He was working with his dad in the carpenter shop. Right? After his dad, after Joseph died, what happened? He became the head of the household. He had to keep things going. And then when he turned 30, he says, okay, now i got to go be about my father's, my father's business now. And Mary kind of was like, what? what? Uh, James and Jude get to work in the carpenter shop. I'm out of here. It's the truth. You know, I was driving up to Fargo yesterday. I was, a lot of times I turn off the radio when I'm alone, and I, it's just me and God. And, and I said, and I was having fun with Jesus, and I just, and he didn't answer me yet. Because I asked him, Lord, you know, you were a carpenter. 
I've never asked you this, but I've kind of wondered, what did you like working with more, wood or stone? Because back then they used to work a lot with stone too. They would, fat, they would cut the stones to build houses and whatnot. And so I just asked him because I, to me, working with wood is a lot more fun. And I just asked him, Lord, you know, I've never asked you this. Yes, than that. Why not? Don't you know you can talk to Jesus and ask him things? Come on. <laughs> you can ask him, Lord, why did you make the sky blue? If it was me, I would have made it a prettier color. I don't know. I don't know how. That's just you. I, 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 those, there's those days when it's that, that beautiful blue, bluebird blue. You know, it gets so pretty. There's nothing better. But then you might say, but I like those sunsets. I wish the sky could be that pretty all the time. Well, be honest with you, Adam and Eve messed that up. When the firmament was across the sky, it was that color all the time. But because they messed up and brought sin into the world, when the flood happened, the firmament collapsed, and we have this beautiful blue sky. The firmament used to keep all those bad um, ultraviolet rays coming through that ages our skin. You know, it's their fault that you got wrinkles. <laughs> it's Adam and Eve's fault that you got wrinkles because they brought sin into the world. And so after the flood and the firmament collapsed, that's what the Bible says, the water collapsed and the fountains were opened. Okay, and, and scientists can prove this. They don't like talking about it, but they can prove it. And when that happened, the, the harmful ultraviolet light got through the ozone layer that protects us from the real harmful stuff. And, and by the way, the hole in the ozone layer, it's closed up for now. Because it it, it, they're finding that it opens and closes. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, it, it, and, and it's closed right now, and so the ozone's building back up, and it keeps out those harmful. But the, the wrinkles come from the sun. If we, can, if we think we can live this life without total faith in Christ and the cross, we are doing exactly what James said not to do, deceiving ourselves. Come on. When we think we can do it all in our own strength, and our own intellect, because we're so smart. No, we need to go to Jesus. Let His Word speak to us. Let us be doers of the Word. Obeying the Word of God brings great blessing. However, the only way it can be obeyed is for the believer to unequivocally place his faith in Christ and the cross and trust God's grace in your life. If you would trust God's grace in the life, the devil can't get away with lying to you. Come on. You would just trust God's grace in your life. He can't get away lying to you that you're not good enough. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> God's love covers a multitude of sins, right? But God's grace is the glue. It is the glue that keeps us saved. God's grace is also the way He forgave us. We didn't deserve it. So stop thinking, stop thinking bad thoughts about yourself. Come on. And start seeing yourself the way God sees you as His precious child that He can use, that He wants to use. Oh, if we, as the old hymn says, if, we'd, if you only believe, if you only believe. Corey's going, oh, another song title for this week or so. If we would only do the song that that we play when we're having an altar call, I surrender all. I surrender all to You, Jesus. All to You. I surrender. I surrender all. Let's keep going in James. How to be, how to be, blessed, in what, how to be blessed in what you do. James 1.25 says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. 
You know what liberty means? Freedom. And continues in it. And it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you want to be blessed? <coughs> Look into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it. And be a doer of it. The perfect law of liberty. Too many go around. Too many today go around as forgetful hearers. They go to church. They hear the sermon. How do I know this? Because I can ask you, what did I preach on last week? Um, the Word of God. And, and if you're one of my Iwana kids, Jesus! That's their go-to answer. Jesus! Uh, at least they know who to call on. <laughs> but it should not be so with believers. You should be in this book every day. Oh, there's days I there's there's days I'll admit it. I get so busy I don't get a chance. And those are the the rotten days. And then I'm going. Wait a second. If I would just crack open the book, the day will go better. Come on. If we would just be a doer of this Word, get into this Word, let the Holy Spirit speak to us. You heard John Horn in Sunday school this morning say he went to his pastor after having that dream where he died. I mean, he died, literally died. He didn't tell you the whole story. He was a newlywed when this happened. They, they, were, they didn't have a telephone, so his wife couldn't call the paramedics. He, she woke up and found him dead can you imagine being a young wife just married and your husband's laying in the bed cold no wonder she was sobbing when he came out came back to life he didn't know he was dead he was caught up with the lord he had been praying lord use me call me into the ministry please i want to serve you and a kid that nobody thought that god could use and god took him up into the heavens and then he comes back and his wife is just sobbing and it took a while to you know, what's wrong? And he found out that he was dead. And it wasn't for five minutes or 20 minutes. He was dead for a good long time. And then he goes to his pastor to ask him about it and his pastor couldn't give him a good answer until what did Tom say he did? He started prayerfully going into the Word and then he opened up that passage in Job and the Lord spoke to his heart. Heart. He says, I didn't know any theology. I really didn't know the Bible. I was a brand new Christian. I didn't know what was what. And the Lord spoke to my heart, gave, woke me up to understand what had happened. And he's praised God. And the next thing you know, God had put him into the ministry. Come on. There must be a continuous abiding in the Word of God in the believer's life. If we would do this, be a doer of the work of the Lord, the Word of the Lord, that's what that means, the work of the Lord, is the Word of the Lord in our lives, you would be blessed in what you do. Do you want to be blessed in what you do? <laughs> be a doer of the Word. Be a doer of the work of God. Mmm, something smelling good. <laughs> you folks who are listening to the podcast today, I wish you had smell of vision or smell of smell of computer or whatever. <laughs> well, if your computer's it, it, smelling, there's something wrong with your computer. <laughs> but I, I wish you could smell what I'm smelling through your device you're listening to. Oh man, it's getting me hungry, and I see the folks are starting to drool, so I better preach faster. <laughs> I want to I finish off James here with some advice we all need. But I, before I move to that, if you want to be blessed in all that you do, be a doer of this Word. Get in this Word. Let it work in your life. Be a doer of it. Share it with others. Let it be, let it be implanted in your heart. How do you do that? You memorize it. What does memorization mean in the Christian point of view? Stop 
Stop doing your yoga meditation. I'm sorry, your yoga meditation's of the devil. It's not of the Lord. If you want to be blessed, meditate God's way. Because it'll bring more peace and center your life than, I'm sorry, just sitting there going, um, um, emptying yourself, emptying your head, going, um, um. You know what you do? You're allowing yourself to allow the demons that go along with the yoga to come and influence your life. Sorry, but that's what it exactly is when you empty yourself. Now, there's nothing wrong with the downward dog and the upward cat and the cow and the thing, the chickens and whatever. You know, I just don't get the people who do yoga with their goats. I just don't get that one. You know, they're doing their yoga and the goats are standing on their back. I don't get it, but there's nothing wrong with doing the exercise, the stretching exercises. It's when you buy into the religion, when you buy into the false doctrine, which brings wickedness, right? When you buy into that false doctrine, don't do it. Now, you meditate. And I, I, I went around and around with my teacher, and he had to tell me I was right when I was in Bible college. And, and he had told me I was right. You know what God's meditation is? You meditate on this. How do you do that? You take that passage you're wondering about. I can't figure that passage out. What is he talking about there? You know, do you ever come read the Bible and you have something that you have a question on? You start pondering it over and over. You think about it. You memorize it. That, and you get into a quiet. He says, get into your prayer closet. In other words, get in that quiet place where the dogs and the cats and the kids aren't bugging you. You know, you get in your quiet place. In Danny's case, I have no idea where that one could be in her house. But she's got to have a quiet place that's all her own, even if it's just the corner of one of the rooms where she can just... Madam Curie was able to do that. She had lots of brothers and sisters too. And she'd get into her quiet place right at the dining room table and she'd be reading and she'd be lost in what she was reading. And the reason why I know it was her quiet place because her brothers and sisters were mean they would take the dining room chairs and start stacking them on each side of her, building a tower, and then they would stack the chairs over her head, and she never knew they were doing it. That's how, that's how she could get into her quiet place and be alone amongst all. And, you know, moving chairs. Kids aren't quiet, and they're moving these chairs, and they're doing that. And she would get done reading, and she'd go to stand up, and the chairs would collapse all around her and on her head, and her brothers and sisters would all be laughing at her. Why her mom never stopped them? She probably was laughing, too. She might have been the one, you know, okay, how tall can they do it this time? <laughs> oh, you think parents don't think that sometimes? Come on. <laughs> Madame Curie, you know, she was a famous woman scientist she grew up to be. She discovered radiation. It's also what killed her, but she's the one who discovered it. Because she discovered she didn't know how bad it was. <laughs> so it gave her cancer. And she got radiation poisoning. And she died. But to meditate, get into the Word, ponder that Word, think about that Word, uh, Moses used to say, take the word, write it on a little scroll, roll it up and put it in your hat. They used to wear hats back then. And they had a place to put those scrolls. And so when they were going along during the day, when it was quiet, they had nothing on, they could pull it out and read it and think about it as they were going, traveling, and put it away and think about it and think about it until they figured it out because the Lord told them what it meant. They would have conversations. You know, Hal, I was reading over there in the book of James in chapter 1. And I'm wondering about, but he looks into the perfect law of liberty. I'm trying, what is the perfect law of liberty? I can't figure it out. And Hal starts talking to me. And Hal's going, the perfect law of liberty, everybody knows what that is. Come on, that's that freedom we have in Christ. You know, that, that, that's the word of God. Come on, don't you know that? And, but he's being kind and he's trying to help me because I'm a young Christian. And he says, all oh, these whippersnappers. You know, and so he's being gentle and kind as like the grandpa would, right? And he's helping me to see it, and he's helping me along. And I'm going, huh, Hal, thank you for helping me understand that, but I want to go deeper now. And so Hal's got me the understanding of what this is. Okay, Lord, but how does that perfect law of liberty work in my life? You see, all of a sudden you're getting centered. 
all of a sudden you're getting peace. Because if I can have that law of liberty working in my life, then everything that I do will be blessed. Man, I need that. Man, I'm stuck at this job that I feel like it's a nowhere job going anywhere. You know, I'm just doing this job. I want to have a job that, I, I, that when I go to work every day, it doesn't feel like I'm going to a job. I, I'm, I, it's fun. It's enjoyable. And, and, and because if you can find a job that's fun and enjoyable that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. It's true. I love what I do. There's days because of the, <laughs> the things that a pastor goes through, but that's why I need your prayers. But I love what I do. I love being with you. I, I love being your pastor. I'm coming home after oh, the... I, I won't tell you, but the overseer challenged me on something um, a few weeks ago and uh, um, really prayed a lot about it. And We discussed it. I talked with the leadership in the church about it and um, told them what my decision was and I, I am just so tickled pink to be pastor of this church. And then after getting together with our Tri-City Church yesterday, I came home just, you know what, I might have gone there to help them, but boy, that they ministered to me. And we really didn't do any ministry work. We were just together. I was helping them with their reports. And just to hear their testimony, what's happening at Tri-City, oh, glory to God. Where was I? Oh, I know. <laughs> if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, <laughs> does not bridle tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've known some people, they just say anything that comes to, uh, there, there's no filter. They just, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they just puke it all out. Sorry for using it that way, but you know folks like that, right? No wisdom behind it. They just say whatever comes to their top of their head, and they'll even say, oh, this is of the Lord. And what does that have to, that has nothing, where, where do you find that in the Bible? You know? He says, anyone who thinks he is religious it does not bridle his tongue. And that's a hard thing to do, by the way. But deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. Then it goes on to pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble and keep oneself unspotted from the world. We need to bridle our tongues, brothers and sisters. This, of course, if we're honest with ourselves, only the Holy Spirit within our lives can do this. I believe this is why. Here we go, Timey. You can mark this one down. I believe this is why. This will help you later on when you're trying to explain things to people. I believe this is why the gift of tongues is the initial evidence that someone has been filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it's so hard for us to bridle our own tongue. But when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, when we start doing, oh my word, we start speaking in tongues. We have no idea what we're talking about. But it's just speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit saying, see, I can take control of that tongue that gets you in trouble all the time. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? Because you know what? Your ITs do such a poor job of looking out for you, don't they? James says, if we do not bridle our tongue, our profession is in vain. Our profession is in vain. Are people going to actually listen to us if we're not bridling our tongues? Okay. So, we're trying to tell them about Jesus, and the next thing we are telling them is a dirty joke. Huh? Hey, you want to hear a dirty joke? Oh, y'all. Yeah. Tell me a dirty joke. Okay, I'll tell you a dirty joke. A white horse fell into a puddle of mud. That's the dirtiest joke you'll get from me today. <laughs> Pure religion, better transla translated, 
pure spirituality refers to that which pleases God. It is to visit and take care of widows and orphans. Proper faith will always produce proper works. So ladies, when you get tired of going up and sorting clothes in the um, twice-blessing closet, just say, I'm doing this for Jesus because I want to help take care of the widow and the orphans. How many widows and orphans have you taken care of over the years? Come on. How, how, many, how many families have you taken care of with pots and pans and plates and um, dishes and clothing and bedding and I mean we lost that room that's why I want to build this platform open up the wall so that we can get to this room back here so we can have this big classroom so I could take that back room over here and turn it all that whole wing into children's because I lost that space upstairs to what taking care of widows and orphans come on besides time we would love to have a designated place for all the kids in the church The results of this, the results of bridling our tongue, the results of living for the Lord, the results of being doers of the word and the work of the Lord, the result, the results in vi the result is victory in everyday life and living, which again must have the help and power of the Holy Spirit. Do you not know when you got saved, you became the temple of the Holy Spirit? So He's right there to help you in what you do. Rely on Him. So let's go out into the harvest field. Let's see what Jesus says. Matthew 9, 37-38 says, Then He said to His disciples, I'm laying in this plane. This is, this is, my, this is my closing thoughts because I know you can smell that food. Oh, now you've gone from drooling and I hear your tummies rumbling. I do. I hear your tummies growling. I mean, if you could hear what I'm hearing there at home, you've got to come over here if you're in the area and, and visit us here at New Life and join with us in church. My word! You should hear what's going on here. This is why I want to do some commercials on Facebook so you can see, not just here. And I want to do some vlogs. See, now I'm putting myself on the spot because I put myself on the spot and i got to make it happen. So I've been talking about this off the air you know speaking it into the air now i gotta make now that i've spoken it on the air i'm gonna have to make it a reality so we're gonna figure out that when we get that done how you can have a link from our podcast so you can go over there too and see it and i haven't figured out how i'm gonna do this you know i might say david kufal here for the man of the the the, the, car <laughs> the carpenter man from galilee all right, that sounds kind of like Tim Allen doing Mike Baxter here for Outdoor Man. But you get what I'm saying. Come on, everybody who watches that show, you know you live for the end of the show to see the vlog. You know, and if you're like Lorraine and I, you're freezing your TV, sh TV set right there. You're hitting the stop button so you can read everything on the screen around him before it starts disappearing because the camera's going closer and closer to his face. And we're not alone because I read about it all the time on, on Facebook how everybody loves that. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. Folks, it's true. The harvest in Wapit and Breckenridge is truly plentiful. You might be saying, how is that? It's so much harder today. Yeah, it might be hard, but so What? He says he needs laborers in his harvest field. Do you think a laborer has it easy? Come on. The harvest is plentiful in Breckenridge and Wapiton. But here's the sad part. But the laborers are few. How about if this church decides every one of us here is going to be a laborer for Jesus? Well, we're still few right now. Even if we got to 200, we'd still be few compared to all the Christians that are in, in the world today. But can you imagine if all of a sudden we said, Lord, we just want to be doers. Count me in. 
Oh, pastor, I'm in my 80s now. So was Moses. <laughs> His ministry started at 80 years old. Yeah, but that was Moses. Yeah, but there's you. Oh, I'm too young. Oh, Josiah was eight years old when he came to the throne. Stop. Don't worry about the excuses. Don't so tell Satan, shut up. <laughs> I'm not listening to you anymore. <laughs> I want to live in that law of liberty. I want to be a doer for Jesus. Yeah, you don't know what he's going to call you to do. My word, he might just have you scrub toilets. Well, that's important. Oh, my word, it is important. I'll tell you what, Albert loves it when he walks into the men's bathroom and he finds the commode is nice and shiny. Come on. Don't you think visitors would want to find it that way? Yup. Come on. But that service for the... I, I said to the church clerk up at Tri-City, I said, I want to thank you and God thanks you too for what you do. Because, you know what, sometimes the bookkeeper is what God's called you to do. It's a thankless job. Nobody ever thinks about the church clerk, what they do, and the checks they have to write and try to juggle all that, mo the, the little bit of money that they get, try to figure out how am I going to pay the bills and the pastor this week with, with just a little, uh, with a mustard seed, with just a little bit of oil in, in the bottom of this jar. But I'm going to trust the Lord because I'm going to pour it out and I'm going to pay these bills and, and to see the Lord filled up the jar again. Come on. He knew he, he knew he was going to need people in administration. But the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. Norman, before he died the last few years, he worked the beet harvest every year. He did that for years anyway, but he used to drive truck. Well, he wasn't driving truck anymore. He was on the plow. And you're thinking, well, he actually said, this is a great job. Now that I'm in my 80s, I got the cushy job. I'm just driving the plow. I don't have to drive the truck back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I get to be in the plow. This is awesome. And then he found that it was even more awesome than he thought. Because, you know, he, they cut off his leg and he had, to, you know, he had to get up there. And so he climbed up into the cab up there and he looks at all this stuff. And he goes, ah, because everything had changed from the last time he drove tractor. It was buttons and computers. And there was a TV screen and all this stuff and a satellite. and all. What in the world? So the farmer's son, the eight-year-old little boy, got up in the cab with him and said, oh, Mr. Norman, it's really simple. You push this button, this button, this button. There you go. That's all you have to do. And, and it'll go by itself. What? Norman pushed this button and that button and this button and next thing you know the, the tractor takes off and it's going by itself <laughs> it's driving itself it gets over in the field where it's supposed to be and it starts going down the rows and it gets down to the row and it turns around and goes back to the other row and he says now what is the world is this computer this screen in here for and he he went ahead and found out and next thing you know he's watching tv and drinking his coffee and watching a movie and the thing is going back and forth and i said norman what are you there he says in case the computer stops working i can grab the wheel and i can keep it going you know what you folks in your 80s, you've, you've known the Lord for a long time. You know why God loves you retired age folks? Because you've had a long walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're like Norman getting into the cab now. You just put it on autopilot of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and you just be grandma and grandpa to the kids. And you just start telling them Jesus' testimony. And you'll find out, wow, this is like being in that cab like Norman. I have it easier. Where all the rest of the young kids, they're having to, oh, where is that in the Bible? Where is it? They challenged me. Where is, oh, oh, help. And you're going, ah, you're making it too hard on yourself. Just tell them about Jesus and what he's done. Come, on. Hey, I see it all the time with our young ministers. 
It's the truth. Are you going to get out in the field? Are you going to let Jesus use you? Are you going to be a doer? Here's the challenge, folks, this morning. Let's be doers. The, the, the bishop said to us the other day, don't expect your people to do it. He did. I was flabbergasted. I love my bishop. I love him. He's awesome. He says, but don't expect your people to do it. You need to go out and do it yourself. Well, there's some, there, there, you've got to lead by doing. Amen? You've got to lead by doing. But I've always expected, Jesus said, because he says it's never been a time where it wasn't the preachers. Doing. Yes, there was the early church. In the early church, and before Constantine came along, the early church, not Constantine, um, anyway, uh, yes, before in the early church, what did he do? That every member thought he was a minister. And they would go and get people saved and they would bring in all the pastor had to do is feed them. Constantine said, okay, the Roman Empire is now Christian and the professionals need to do the job of preaching the Word. You, you lay people can't do it anymore. And they flopped it over. And it's, in 500 years, we had the known world turned upside down, the church did. And now it's been 1,500 years since then. And look... We're just have preached the word in, with almost every tongue and nation. This is why I believe Jesus is coming back. So here's the challenge. Let's be doers. Let's get into the harvest field before us that we know as Wapit and Breckenridge. Let's say to Jesus, let's say to him, count me in i want to be a doer with you jesus jesus wants to change lives and he wants to use you to get the job done you know why because there's people that only you can reach in this town come on my word i could go i uh, our niece is here today i'm not picking on her but I, I can see my... I don't want to pick on her. I don't want her to feel like I'm picking on her. But I'm going to use this as an example because you, you know her age group. So I'm going to go um, and get together with her and her friends. Who are they going to listen to easier? Me, the funny uncle? <laughs> or her, the cool kid? Well, she's not a kid anymore. She's an awesome young woman. She is. I mean, really is. I, we're so proud of her. And, and um, so we're always happy to see her. She puts such a smile on our face every time we get to see her. More, more so for Auntie than me, you know. And, and so, but who, should, who are they going to listen to? They're going to listen to her more than me. I'm just a kooky uncle. <laughs> oh, no, it's that preacher. I get that from the neighbors. Oh, it's the preacher. We better behave ourselves in front of him. You know, and I, and I see what they do out the window. <laughs> Behave. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> Besides, I'm surrounded by my our relatives, so I know what's really happening in the neighborhood. So, <laughs> will we accept the challenges? You, there's only so many. I, the people that God puts in Marilyn's life are more apt to listen to her than me. The people that God puts in Timey's life. Can't help but hear from her. Right? Boy, Timey, they showed you respect. They didn't laugh. That was cool. I like that. Well, if you know Timey, you can't help but hear her. Because she's Timey. Right? Timey's just Timey. She's a force of nature. Come on. That's why the kids love her so much. They do. They had fun on Wednesday night, but it wasn't the same because Tiny wasn't here. She was home with a sick child. Will you accept the challenge? Would you say, Lord, I want to be a doer? And more than just being a doer, saying I'm going to be going out and telling people about Jesus, are you going to be a doer by getting into His Word? My word, just take that the challenge. Even if you read one verse a day, you know, you can still get those um, the loaf of breads with the verses in it. 
You can still get those on Amazon. We, we once in a while watch this Larry Country's Diner. And every show that starts out, because he will grab a Bible verse out of the loaf of bread. And he just randomly picks it out, and he reads it on air, and he'll go, I really like that one. Boy, that's good. If we could just do that. And then he sticks it in someplace. And he doesn't put it back in the same order because he's just sticking them in because whatever he pulls out is what he's going to read. Most people don't remember that he used to be a worship leader in, in the Baptist church years ago. And so he loves the Lord and he does those things. But how about you? Even if you just read one verse a day, it's probably more than what you're doing now. And then ponder it. Think about it. Ask God to make it real in your life. Become a doer of the Word. That's where it starts. And then start letting the Word challenge you. Oh Lord, how does that, how, how does that work for me? Am I, just a, am I just a hearer of the Word and not a doer? Lord, I want to be a doer. Help me to be a doer. You start praying about it. You let the Word speak to you. And God will do an amazing thing. So will you take up the challenge today? You say, Lord, I want to be a doer for you. I want your word to be real. I want to live in that, that, in the law of liberty. I want that to be real so that everything I put my hand to will be blessed. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. I thank you, Lord, your word is as real as it was 2,000 years ago, as it is today. I thank you, Lord, that um, even though I wrote most of this sermon two weeks ago, Lord, I thank you that it was as real today as it was when you were laying it out and um, giving me the direction on what to preach today. I thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. I thank you for your anointing here. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to all of our hearts in some manner, in some fashion today. Each person here, I believe, was touched by you, Holy Spirit, touched by the word today. Maybe it was a word of encouragement that they needed in their life today. But Lord, I thank you for that word that you spoke into their heart today. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to use us in our harvest field here in Wapiton and Breckenridge, that you are going to show us people every day that we can talk to, that we can reach, that we can pray for. We thank you and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Praise the Lord.